Welcome to Pardon the Confusion, episode 110. We're glad you joined us uh, at this point in time. I am Travis Greer. Uh, I'm joined by the uh, couple other hosts. One is the father of confusion. That's Paul Arnold. And secondly, we have... <laughs> what? We have, what? Secondly, we have... <laughs> father of confusion. Yikes, yeah, don't tell my, the, my employer that. I Holy smokes. Say, is David, is that David's new nickname? Is that father of confusion. I'd rather be yes, father, you're... old man, old time than father confusion. Uh, don't thanks, worry. Man. I'm, I'm pretty sure the old man part is going to be in my introduction. So okay. you just wait. Roll, roll your, hold your roll there. Okay, you sorry. Going, all right, sorry. All right, so unprofessional me. Hit me with me. your zinger. Hit me with your zinger. All right. Paul, you are the father of confusion because you're the founder of this episode. <laughs> or not this episode, but yeah, the, the podcast. And uh, <laughs> second up, we have, you've heard already, we have the God of confusion, Ernest Watts. I just and thought old man confusion is what you're going to go with. And if you remember, Ernest, I kind of tied this together. As I said, prepare for tonight. The dicker rod, you introduced that term to us almost a year ago to today in, in a uh, pardon the confusion history. It was about June 23rd, episode uh, number 59. Uh, hence Luke Keekley, right? Shout out to him. That show was called We Can't Wait Show. And we were just, I wasn't on that podcast, but you had, uh, I think, four of you on there and y'all were just, so excited about the NFL season coming about. Y'all talked about uh, some great things coming about. Y'all talked more so about food the whole time. But nonetheless, um, Donuts. Ernest, you introduced that term dicker rod to us. That's why you're, you are the measuring stick of confusion, and you've been on this <laughs> podcast for quite a bit, quite some time. So uh, do y'all remember a little bit what you were kind of talking about this time last year? Y'all were talking about uh, the new pass interference rule going to effect and, and the 100th year NFL uh, Paul, you brought about Antonio Brown, how he was going to be the most significant difference to a team uh, of the uh, Oakland uh, Raiders. Yikes. So think, thinking back to those things uh, in perspective of this past season, was the interception rule a bust, or is it going to keep going forth this new year? And this, what do you think, Ernest? The, the, uh, you're talking about the offensive pass interference review. Yeah, the, the review of pass interference. The New Orleans right. Saints they, They've rule. already dropped it. Yeah, they've dropped it already. It, it's, they dropped, it's they've season. dropped it for this year. Yeah, this season in the NFL, they're not reviewing uh, offensive or defensive interference. That was a one-year rule, and it was dropped for this year. Yeah, and I think because it it they weren't subjective enough. When the season started, you saw fewer and fewer flags and call from it. It's, it's fascinating. That uh, speaking of that, I, I saw the, the the one game that probably killed that. If you recall, was watching the NFL Network was doing a review of all the playoff games from last year, and they were showing the Vikings New Orleans Saints game. And if you remember how that game ended in overtime, Kyle Rudolph shoved away um, the defensive back for New Orleans to catch the winning mm-hmm. touchdown. And they didn't review it. They just, the referees walked off the field. I mean, it just, and you had all these saints march on the field and go like, okay, okay. You had this rule put in for us a year ago and, and we're in a playoff game. And you know, and that, that pretty much killed it right there. That should, the referee's heart. And I think, and realize that the officials are a separate entity than NFL management. Mm-hmm. The, the referee's heart weren't really in it. There were very few reversals. And okay. I think pretty much early on, the NFL and the coaches kind of realized this is an exercise in futility. 
and they just let it die a slow, slow death. Exactly. And yeah, y'all were exactly right. Y'all were unanimous in in the fact that that was going to be a dead rule and it was just going to cause slow down to the game and so forth. But speaking of dropping stuff, um, uh, Paul, you mentioned how Antonio Brown was kind of was the most significant pickup by a free as a free agent last season. What's what's different about that this year? He's a free agent, <laughs> as far as my knowledge right now, right? Well, first of all, Travis, how bored were you to go back a year ago, or how great a preparation you are doing as a host to go back and do research? I mean, it's, Ernest and I hope nobody remembers everything we said a year ago, let alone a week ago. But we, I guess I appreciate you bringing that up. And the answer to your question is I do think Antonio Brown realized because his checkbook showed him that he had to get off the uh, crazy train and get on the gravy train. And I think he, this is his one year chance to get back in good graces with the NFL. So I actually think mm-hmm. he's going to have a great season this year. Um, so that's yeah. my answer. Did, did, have you seen what happened this week? He oh, no. retired. Not this year. And what? he came back. Yeah. This 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 week he retired. Retired on Monday. No. Said he'll never play football again. And he came back on Wednesday and said uh, he unretired. Put it to this way. Kanye West looked at Antonio Brown and said, that guy's having problems right now. Oh, oh, get no. him some help. Any okay? way to get a cheap Conway wet it's joke Kanye, in there. Kanye, yeah, Conway joke. Kanye in there. Kanye for president. Uh, I mean, <laughs> who's going to pick? He worked out uh, with some of the Seahawks, with Russell Wilson. But but Seahawks, right now, they're flush against the can. Uh, you know, they just signed uh, – they got Adams from the Jets, so they're flush against the cap. Yeah, that's and, been good. yeah, and you're not going to see a lot of long-term contracts because the NFL, when they just they signed an agreement with the Players Association this week, that the cap was going to hold steady, which means you're not going to see big multi-year contracts because they're they're going to see a dead, you know, cap that they can't really expand too much on what they're paying already for the next few years. But do you think that Brown's going to make a good comeback, Ernest? Do you think you agree? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone will sign him. And but what is flush against the can? Is that uh, like a toilet choke or what is that? Yeah, pretty much against it. Yeah. I mean, he's, 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 he's toast. He's burnt. He's, he's burnt to me bridges. The worst thing you can do in football is quit. And he quit on the Raiders. Hmm. And and once you do that, I mean, you can, outside of uh, the running back Rice for uh, the Ravens, you outside of doing physical violence against children, animals, or females, you can kind of about do anything else and come back. And remember, they let Michael Vick come back after he served two years in Leavenworth. Yeah. But if you quit, they can never, ever trust that you'll show up again. I don't care how talented you are. Yeah, that, that that's true. It's, especially when you see someone so talented and you see them quit and give up, like with all the athletic ability they have, it's just like disheartening. Like it really is. And we'll just go there for and Paul uh, went on to my list of things to talk about. But what do you think? You know, we have we're going to talk about MLB tonight and NBA and the Olympics. Just give you a preview and to keep you stay tuned in for the next thirty minutes or so. But you know, we got NBA, MLB and the NBA back. So what's going on in the NFL? We've not heard too much plans for, for their situation on how they're going to get the season started up. And, you know, we know they have the bubble and the wobble effect with the NBA and WNBA. 
we've heard be canceling and have canceled all of the preseason games. And this time last year, as I looked up, you know, we're talking about the excitement of the NFL season starting up pretty much for because you have preseason games ramping up. So what have you heard is going to be happening this year? Any plans, Mr. Uh, gosh, the commissioner, he's been kind of hush-hush about Mr. the plans. I think they were, yeah, Goodell, I think they were anticipating back, you know, when they had these great plans and all the virtual draft that, you know, this thing come August to September, this thing being COVID-19 would be kind of dissipated. But fade away. I think they've, yeah, Fader, do you think they've been ready, putting plans in place to make this stuff happen, if it will happen? What do you think? Well, I think Ernest has followed this, and I, I did homework about MLB and the Olympics and uh, mm-hmm. NBA, but I didn't do any homework with NFL. So. I didn't either, and I've not heard much on, on no, news. No, I think they're actually... waiting as long as they can before they play yeah. and say it. What do you, what you've heard, Ernest? Training camp starts next week. If you watch the NFL Network, you'll see that they're already advertising uh, live uh, uh, shots of it and everything. Uh, I think rookies have already been in camp. They were for the Panthers because they signed all the draft picks. The situation is that they got to agreements on the cap being, the cap won't be lowered for the next three years. They uh, pretty much, if a player because of HIPAA, if he does test positive, he will go on an injury list and he will be he will be paid, even if he's not able to play for the entire season. If a player decides not to play, voluntarily withdraws, and we've already had one already, uh, the yeah. lineman for the Chiefs, who is a doctor and he's working in a clinic in Montreal, mm-hmm. uh, they their contract is not voided. It just they're not just going to get paid, but they'll still have, have a contract the year they come back if they decide to come back in a respect. Uh, yeah. A lot of players talk about at this point, but I think when you get into camp, uh, you know, it's 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 the situation is I think the season will probably get pushed back, but we're going to see NFL football. We already know in certain states, like in Pennsylvania, uh, they're not going to have any players, uh, any fans in the stands the entire year long. Sure. They're going to be empty stadiums. Some of the others, I would imagine Florida is a hot spot probably, and Texas will probably follow the same situation. But I think it's going to be a localized situation. You'll see some with social distancing, I'm, I'm pretty sure, in areas where uh, the COVID is not is as prevalent as it is in, in hot spots like Texas, Pennsylvania, and those areas. So we're going to have NFL football on TV, and I think that's the one sport that it's it's it, it'll be interesting to see how it transitions to a, a TV product. I think it'll be done easier. Right. Speaking of baseball, is that second get into it. Yeah, you ready? Yeah, All we're right. ready. Let's go baseball. All right, swing or don't swing, Ernest. Okay, since you're already warmed up with your mouth <laughs> talking, um, I don't know about you with baseball. I've enjoyed. <laughs> I have enjoyed watching some of it. I've enjoyed seeing some of the cardboard cutouts this week as well. Nonetheless, I had a hard time, I don't know about you guys, reading the signs of baseball whenever I got into middle school. Um, baseball, you know, my coach was like, we'll go do some signs, you know. You know, I'm on first base. Just g- give me one symbol to say, do I need to steal or not? And that's what I loved about baseball. The thrill of it is getting on base and stealing the base. I guess it was just the thrill of stealing something. I was a good Christian guy. never steal uh-huh, too much. Uh-huh. I enjoyed stealing the base. Good but thing you were with the Astros. Uh, 
I know, nonetheless. But Ernest, I'm going to give you a couple pitches. You can swing at both. I don't care. But if you right. if you want to let one both, uh, let one go, and maybe Paul or myself can pick it up. But nonetheless, we'll know you'll swing. Try to hit a homer. So two points, two uh, two headliners. Okay, All you right. brought it up earlier. Uh, I'll give you to him. Verlander was shut down. He'll give us more details on that. And Dr. Fauci throws the first pitch <laughs> uh, for uh, opening day. But nonetheless, Dr. Fauci's pitch follows social distancing during the MLB <laughs> opening game. And what do I mean by the, the social distance of the ball? Tell us about that, Ernest. Well, first of all, I've let one go in a crowd before, so this is nothing new for me. Ooh, but, uh, 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 let's go with Verlander. I mean, the orig original announcement was out for the year. Now they're going to go Look, two weeks. There's tightness in his forearm. Remember, he's he's 37 years old, which is extremely old for a pitcher. And there's always been, put it this way, people have been a little curious why older pitchers go to the Astros and tend to succeed in that respect. And and this is a team that already was under the gun. Probably was the only team in Major League Baseball was glad there's no fans in the stand, even though. Their first summer camp game, they had five guys beamed. So I'm sure there's still going to be some <laughs> retribution during the season. Uh, again, if he goes down, they're really hurting because uh, after losing Garrett Cole, that, that pretty much is most of the rotation. Yeah. See, I, I thought if Dr. Fauci could have thrown a strike, he, <laughs> he didn't have to be on the mound. Mm -hmm. He should have got the, automatically the time man of the year. But uh, he, he put it in the ground. Uh, I mean, he, he talked about his, his being a fan through all the entire COVID scenario because he wanted baseball to be back. And this, you know, I do feel, you know, it's hard for me to feel bad about the Nationals because they're a big rivalry of my favorite team, the Braves. But the idea that you, you know, it's the first world championship since 1928 in Washington, and instead of having this big celebration with all the – all the fans, it was held in a very quiet stadium uh, with very, very, you know, I guess they're going to wait and present the rings next year if and when fans are allowed to the stands to that respect. But, but the uh, Washington yeah. Capitals won not too long ago in the NHL. Well, no, no, Washington baseball team. Oh, I got it's you. It's been 1928. Right. And back then, they were they were actually the Senators slash Nationals back then. Yeah. Was that, and, that go, go ahead. Yeah, when you brought it up about Verlander, and uh, being kind of injured and, and kind of older and washed up with the Houston Astros. But maybe think of what I heard about Daniel Bard with the Colorado Rockies and uh, uh, how he had a troublesome time, you know, a good career start with Boston. And uh, he, he came back and had a pretty good game. Did y'all hear about that? Yeah, he had, he had Steve Blass disease, if you're not yeah. familiar with that. Uh, he, had, he had the yips. Steve Blass was a pitcher for the Pirates. It was a 20-game winner. And actually won two games in the 1971 uh, World Series. And one when he came back two years later, he couldn't do a strike for the life of him. Went to psychiatrists, went to physicians. There are people saying, well, you know, don't throw a strike and then you'll throw a strike. And he lost the ability to pitch for no other reason than for psychological reasons. And that's the same thing that happened to Bard. Uh, yeah. He just—I mean, who was the? There was a catcher like that too for the Mets. Do you remember who that was, Paul? That couldn't throw to second mm. and converted into a first base. I don't I mean, remember. Guys do this in baseball; they get the yips. Uh, Knobloch, who played for the Yankees, and Keel for had, the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, they just had, 
they just lose. I mean, they put so much mental pressure on them. They start normally throwing a ball. You don't think about it you just automatically. And they start thinking about it and they can't hit the target. You know, the big thing about Knobloch is he wound up beating Keith Oberman's mother and father in one game because they were behind first base. Not because he was not because he wasn't a fan of Keith Oberman, but mm-hmm. it's just guys just lose the ability. But Bard is one of the rare cases that he came back and Keel, exactly. who who uh, Paul talked about, had even a, a better as a pitcher. He blew up in a playoff game against the Braves in which he walked six straight guys. Mm-hmm. And yet he came back after five years as an outfielder, not as a pitcher, and had a, a fairly successful career as a center fielder. For the Braves, for the Cardinals, and I want to say for the Nationals. Yeah, so that makes me think of the Little Giants. Is you know, I, I learned a little bit from what you said, Ernest, but it's how the game and a lot of things in life are ninety percent middle and ten percent physical, right? Was it Little Giants move? I forget which little guy. Oh said yeah. That. A lot of the game is mental, and I I think of baseball being one of those, especially when you got fans in the stands and you know you're just trying to hit a small target area like the strike zone. But nonetheless, Paul, I want to give you a chance to hit. Ernest, I'd say you you, you got a, a, a double right there, a double. You got on base, good deal. But nonetheless, Paul, here's your pitches. You got Rizzo rewards a base hit with some a free shot of hand sanitizer. It kind of gives a breakdown of how the Cubs were mm-hmm. working out this, this, this first opening week. And secondly, uh, another day, another dramatic home run for the Tigers. They just finished up their game this afternoon uh, against the Cincinnati Reds. So take a swing at those and give us your input on them. All right. Well, Rizzo, I, I, it was a cool move, a funny move. Yeah. You know, I'm glad he only pulled out sanitizer from his pocket. So that was good. Um, but for the Tigers, <laughs> they started off the six o'clock news with a tease, like, and the Tigers are in first place in July, and they all smiled real big. And by the time they got to sports, they explained how it could be. If you're not familiar with it, folks, Tigers won two or three from the Cincinnati Reds. It was a sad scene, though, in a way. You look at a totally empty stadium, and Cincinnati didn't do a very good job of covering their empty seats. I was watching uh, the Oak Los Angeles Dodgers game, and I thought they did a much better job of putting up posters, and they did a whole different thing that for $149, people could put up uh, pictures of themselves and if they pay a little more they'd be in better positions and they raised eight hundred thousand dollars and over 4,500 fan cutouts and some of the best ones were right behind the dugout so uh, Garci Parra and Hershiser bought the seats right behind the dugout to look over uh, the manager there but um, the Tigers did you say they put Lasordas in I his know. seat that was sweet and, too have you heard John Smoltz's idea John Smoltz says that you ought to be able to buy a picture of yourself, put it in a location, and if a home run hits you, yeah. you ought to get half a million dollars. Who's wow. going to put up the half a million? The teams would. Oh. Yeah, like a lottery type of thing. Yeah, I, I like that better, but the Dodgers also did something a little funky. You're watching the game, and they are piping in the fan noise, which I sort of expected, and then mm-hmm. um, when they got a hit, they followed the – the camera followed the hit out to the outfield, and sure enough, they used CGI to look like there were fans in the outfield. And at first, you take a double take, like, are those real fans? Then you realize it's from, you know, the show or a, a, a video game. But then when they show the replay, you don't see the fans because they hadn't coordinated that much hmm. technology all at the same time. But I'm going to give you guys a quiz about the Tigers because when you have a, as bad a team as the Tigers have been for the last, you know, 
four or five years or three or four years, you have this constant turnover of players. So I'm going to ask both of you, the player who hit the late-inning home run so the Tigers beat Cincinnati was named C.J. Cron. Can you mm-hmm. tell me two of the other teams he's played for in his six-year major league career? Rays and Angels. Wrong. Oh, Angels is right. Yet, but Braves he is wrong. played for the Rays one year. Rays, Rays, Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, oh, I, you are right. You are right. I couldn't tell you. And by the way, I remember the two guys who had throwing problems: Mackie Sasser and Steve Sachs. Mm. The yips. But now, now you're talking about the fans for the Dodgers. Fox actually TV did that. Not oh, the, the Dodgers themselves. The network Fox. Yeah, or they're, the local they're Fox, Fox Sports. The, Fox Network is doing that. They're taking that from yeah. the show, and they're doing that for the national broadcast. Uh, I got gotcha. you. Paul, you answer one of my thoughts and questions. Uh, as I was starting to see it this week, I said, I wonder, how do you get your – He played your, for the Twins uh, also. Sorry, 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 Travis. He also played okay. for the Twins. But you, how do you get your cardboard cutout in the, in the stadium? And I was like, you, you answered that, and I think some of it, like you mentioned, it goes to charity. So maybe, uh, maybe Ernest – uh, we can get you in one of your the Atlanta Braves stadium one of these days. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you send your picture and they they enlarge it and they put it in the cardboard cutout. And I think it's That's like, cool. I know for the Braves it's fifty dollars if you're seasoned uh, season uh, ticket owner, but if you're not, it's a hundred bucks and it goes. Most of them are going to their own charity. What happens if it rains though, or the, is a windstorm comes of, up? It's kind of disintegrate and blow across the field, right? <laughs> I guess that's put another one up. No, they they put a little raincoat on your cutout. A little little raincoat or give it a little umbrella. Maybe that's here comes it. here comes a windstorm. The fans are storming. Oh, the we got a streaker. We got a streaker going everywhere. You know, my my big question about this is if you've seen these games, is the the bullpen sits out in the stands. They have these little covered tents area yeah. instead yeah. of the bullpen to keep social distancing. And we've all seen those fights during a game where the bullpen's all running around and they do that little dance. They don't really fight. They just grab each other by the shoulders. Are they going to fight in the stands? I'd pay to see that. Let them fight with the cardboards, pick up a car cardboards and bust people over the heads with them. I couldn't imagine this year with all the COVID stuff, but that Ernest, you're right. That would be entertaining for sure. Let's uh, who will be the first team. We'll, we'll see for sure. But speaking of the, that we, I was watching some Korean baseball on ESPN this morning. My son woke up and first thing he said, "What you doing? What you watching?" And I said, "Baseball." And he said, "It's not fair." I said, "What?" I said that adults can play baseball and sports, but kids can't. So my, my son, he's still really kind of down and out that he can't play baseball, and, and they officially finally canceled baseball season from the spring, but uh, just now. But nonetheless, um, it, I told him why, and it's dealing with money, and they're professionals and so forth. Nonetheless. Let's get to our next topic, uh, gentlemen, and um, the Olympics. I mentioned that to you all, and uh, going to give you a quote about the Olympics. About this time uh, here in July, we would be in full swing in Olympic mode out in uh, Tokyo. But here's a good quote. We've probably all heard it before. The most important thing at the Olympics is not winning, but taking part. The essential thing is life is not conquering, but fighting well. And that was by Pierre de Coubertin. Is that correct, Ernest? Yes. Father of modern Olympic, Olympic. games. So, not father uh, of confusion, right? Father of confusion. That's, that's me. You, Paul. That's your Thanks. title. All right. And uh, and the Ernest is the dickerod of confusion. Wouldn't, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't um, 
Okay. Go ahead. Ernest, Ernest Rogan, if you don't know, the I was going to say James Brown was the godfather of confusion because he's the godfather of everything. But go ahead. But nonetheless, the Dick Rod, we didn't give that insight because maybe some of you weren't listening one year ago, but that's an official measurement stick they used to use for the first down marker. Correct, Ernest? During the World Football League, the World uh, Football League. The, the, there was a controversy because Bubba Smith, who played for the Colts, in a offsite uh, exhibition yeah. game, tore up his ankle to the point that he never actually was an effective football player anymore because they didn't drop the yard marker and he tripped over it with his ankle. So the World Football League came out with something like a shoe measurement. Remember the old yep. shoe trees that you'd me yes. you know, measure your feet? It's what it looked like. It was a sliding scale, but if a player hit it, it would break off and it would slide off so they wouldn't be injured. It would give away in that respect. Yeah. And then, like the World Football League, it did not catch on. No, just like the pass interference rule, it got dropped. Right, Nonetheless, right. the International Olympic Committee this, this year, they voted in some new sports. Bas baseball's back, softball, karate, skateboard, sports climbing, and surfing. Were y'all looking forward to seeing any one of those? And uh, just what are your perspective of next year Olympics? Do you think it's, it, it's going to hurt some? Olympians to uh, to hold off another year to maintain their bodies and their their physique and or will it be so, to some advantage to better prepare? But nonetheless, were y'all looking, Ernest? What what sport new sport were you looking forward to watching in the 2020 Olympics? I don't like to have seen Tony Hawk at 54 years old with the skateboarding. That would have been pretty neat. Yeah, I know. I know with the baseball, which you know, three times they've brought it on and cut it off as a sport because it seems to be more concentrated in the Orient in North and South America and not that prevalent in Europe and, and Asia in that respect. But I know Korea's original plans for the KBO was they were going to shut down during the Olympics mm -hmm. and let most of their players. Traditionally, what we do in America is we allow our top AAA teams, those that the major league teams sign off with. Mm -hmm. And they, they are the, you know, they pretty much represent us. That's why we never win. And usually Cuba and Japan are the more prevalent teams. We do very well in softball. That was baseball. I would have liked to have seen because Japan has a history. They have their own professional league, which has been in existence since World War II, since the American occupation. And I think that would have been something that have been very popular and a lot of big crowds. Still, would have been nice to see Tony Hawk get a gold medal. Well, yeah, I remember playing Tony Hawk, and probably David does as well. Uh, the PlayStation 2 or whatever system, but Tony Hawk video game, and we, we'd uh, we'd play him and do the, all the different tricks and skateboard and whatnot. That was a pretty fun game. Um, but Ernest, what do you think about you know this waiting a year next year? I'm starting to see some commercials of it as well, uh, kind of keeping people reminded them even though it's not Olympic time now. But what do you think? What do you think it's going to be like next year? Any sports? well, you know, NBC had tied in their new streaming service to the Olympics, which is Peacock which came on board two weeks ago because that was going to be the platform for a lot of the less popular sports was you had to download the app for, for Peacock, which is not available on, on some systems. And they would show you some of the, you know, the more esoteric sports like handball and gymnastics and, and those types of things and track and field situations. So they had geared, this to kind of you know would you know it's trying to be their competition against netflix so they've already lost a lot of money on that but yeah. a lot of these sports a lot of these athletes have such short windows to compete such as swimming 
and in track and field that another year kind of ages them out. And so you're going to see a lot of people that were favorites this year. I don't think that are going to be able to do well. And other sports age doesn't matter. I mean, golf uh, yep. and those types of competitions, but gymnastics track and, and, and field and swimming, which are the big audience grabbers. You're, yep. you're going to see a lot of people that are favorites this year that, that just not going to be able to perform that well. Exactly. And, then, and, and you also kind of wonder, you know, are we going to be a situation to have it next year? There's no guarantee that our current situation is uh, vaccine is found by this time last year, next year that we could have the Olympics. And then you have the intrigue with, with people doing uh, getting into computer systems and there's tension between world powers. You kind of wonder if we can all come under one proverbial tent and, and compete without the, political ramifications I, I, that concerns me to be honest also paul how about you how do you wow feel? i feel really uplifted after that last I'm comment. Sorry. wow well wow. not only do we have covid but the olympics are going to end too man um i just i mean there is international stress right now yeah there is uh, there is there is and, and, and we've seen that but the olympics are and, a bright shiny moment that gives us hope that the world could come together at least on some level uh, and so not, i'm going to be not the, 1980 and 1984 well i'm going to be pollyanna for a second because i need something okay, to hold on to here i right. say the olympics going to happen next year you asked travis what uh events you know that will happen that i'm interested in i was interested when i did a little research that Tug of War used to be an Olympic event for many years. I'm thinking, what? That's the event I did as a kid in elementary school. And, you know, you'd get little burns on your hands from trying to grab on it or somebody would give up on it. But um, for me, Olympics is just like this two- to three-week period where you're just like every night you have something fun to watch. And as kids, we would try to do the same events at home or do something like it. And uh, then you get to hear see the stories, and everybody gets to see the stories. And for me, field and track is the best. And Ernest and I went to 1996 Olympics down in Atlanta, and we stayed at my mother-in-law's house. And we had a great time. We didn't go to some of the same events. But for me, Olympics is going to happen. I just got to hang on to that. And I'm looking forward to field and track. And I like yeah. watching the basketball, whether or not all our best players will show up or and swimming is really good, and volleyball. So, Travis, how about you? Do you like certain events more than others? Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of the big the big ones, uh, track and field and swimming, getting really into those. And I, I do agree with you, Paul, that the Olympics were just the time that unites the country. You kind of get behind your team, but you see the whole globe competing against each other. And it kind of was like you said, it gives, gives that good feeling. And it reminds me of one of my favorite movies, Disney movies now. Um, but it's more so based on the Olympics of the Winter Olympics. It's like Sanka, Sanka Coffee says, I'm feeling very Olympic today. You just have that good feeling of your country and proud of it. And I, I think we need that. Um, it'd be great if we could have had that this year. But I think next year, if all goes well, this this is, can be something that brings our country back together. And, and I heard a great NPR transitioning NPR um, uh, segment is called the forces beyond their control dash the dreams of the U.S. Olympics athletes then and now. And if you look that up, it talks about how, how this COVID stuff has caused uh, situations beyond our control to cancel these things. And it also ties in back what Erner said back in the 1979 and 1980 with Af the Soviets in invading 
Afghanistan and how they're, you know, these Olympic athletes, their dreams were cut off and, and how this time are actually saving lives with not attending in the Olympics this year compared to what was back in the eighties. But nonetheless, you know, you're having some Olympic athletes now having to decide, well, can I wait a year? Is it good for my body, my family, my career? And they may not be able to compete next year or wait to the next four years. But nonetheless, uh, we hope we have something to look forward to there because sports do bring us together. And well, um, well, two rejoiners I have. Ballroom yeah. dancing was an event at one time also for the Olympics. Hmm. And when it talks to fond memories, I look <laughs> back at the last Olympic and my fond memory was Ryan Lochte getting drunk and tearing down a sign at a gas station. <laughs> Wow. I'm Ernest, sorry. Ernest. I mean, it's just, wow. I just, I don't Mr. Downer think, today. I'll be honest wow. with you. My mindset is two week period. Anything yeah. beyond two weeks, I, I really can't tell you in any respect it's going to happen or not, not happen. Yeah, I know, but we got to have hope, man. We got to have hope that this thing's going to turn around. And Pfizer has a good vaccine yeah. trial going right now. And that's a name you can trust, I guess. I'd rather have a, a name like Pfizer involved with a vaccine. And I guess what I'm saying is sports is our great outlet. And so that's why, even though it's not perfect, baseball's on, right. at least you can watch it, right? Uh, golf is on. You can at least you watch it. Um, and football, I, I am more concerned about NCAA football than pro football. Pro football, we're going to get in some way. But I college football, I'm really like let me, skittish about Let me about tell you right something now. that I forgot about sports. Friday, yeah. I was trying to watch the NBA, and we'll transition that in a second, the NBA uh, exhibition games and the baseball games. I'm going back and forth, and all of a sudden it hit me because I haven't utilized this in five months. I go, I have picture-in-picture. Picture. Why am I doing this? I only use my picture-in-picture picture for sports. Well, I, Are you feeling I, okay, I forgot Ernest? that you I had picture-in-picture picture because it, without sport, why would you use it? And so I was able to watch the basketball in the little corner oh. and watch the baseball and flip it back and forth. So that's how much sports got out of my system was yeah. I forgot the, the tools that, that, that I realized, the you know, tools that that's I regularly really utilize in that respect. Ernest had a sports detox. He much needed it. And I'm sure Wanda appreciated it, Miss Wanda. But Ernest, I could see you being the guy yes, uh, yes. getting into the Google Glasses. You know how you can put the Google Glasses on it. It gives you a visual on the on your lean screen, but you can still see. I think that's. I think I'm saying it correctly. And you could get the. You yeah, could well, be talking to people and, and working, but still seeing the picture in picture in your glasses lens. I tried the NBA VR. Yeah. And and basically, it's anyone will tell you the worst seats for a basketball game are right on the front row, because you don't have any depth perception, even with 3D, and you really can't see how the defenses are set up. And 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 you know, Travis has been to NBA games with me. He knows I like to sit in the corner because that was the old EA Sports. They were all set up where you were in the corner and you could see the offense and defense set up. But yeah, but. Yeah, I, I like, listen, I just like having it back. I mean, I like the idea of having to decide, like, uh, the last two days I've had to decide, am I going to watch basketball or am I going to watch baseball? You know, which Ernest, one do you want to see? A lot of time in the corner, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it was it was nice to <laughs> lay and list the baseball games in the pool. It was kind of like, I. there's a insurance commercial that does a commercial on the radio that maybe either one of you listened to. It goes, back to the year, back Back in time, the 2019, they do all this thing like, 
getting popcorn at a movie theater or waiting in line at a ball game, stuff that we have forgotten used to be part of our very day life. And they're yeah. making fun of it in that respect. It's a really cute little commercial in that respect. Back, back to the glory days of 2019. Yeah. You actually yeah. waited in line to go to a sporting event. Right. Now, I think of uh, the, uh, like you mentioned, Ernest, the where to watch sports from. I've watched uh, hockey right down there on the glass before. It's the same way. You got to have some hide up when you're watching some sports, some sports, so you can see the action going on. But speaking of the corner and uh, the NBA, um, we're going to transition to that. I don't have any structured type of questions or topics to bring up. But um, speaking of the NBA and watching in the corner, who's who's got your nose in the corner with the NBA? Who's had a good start? bad start whatever you want to bring up and paul we can uh we can start with you about the nba how they've started out so far i'm glad i really appreciate you starting with me travis because you know ernest loves the nba he him him and my son david could go on and on and on about the nba but i did look up what las vegas thought about the nba finals and i know ernest doesn't really love the whole idea of betting on sports neither do i but they make a living not being wrong, if that makes sense. They have to be right. They can't lose money on giving odds that will not help the house, if you can say it that way. Um, and so it's pretty easy to know who is the favorite, Los Angeles Lakers. But I'm going to ask you both guys, tell me the next three teams in their top four Clippers to win the Bucks. NBA Finals. Yeah. One That's more. two more. You need one more. Probably... Either the Raptors or the Nuggets. Raptors. I go Raptors. Who? No. You oh, are okay. wrong, Larry O'Brien <laughs> breath. Yeah. I think you got to watch out for the um, the Jazz. I'm going to go with the Jazz. No? Please, please don't say nope. Pelicans. There's no nope. way it's the Pelicans. No. no, no. They have it this way. Now, granted, Ernest, you're right. The top three are above all the rest of them. The top three are like 10 percentages like and then you get to 12 to 1 teams and the first 12 and 1 team is the Houston Rockets. They have the Houston Rockets being the number 4 team. Then they have the Boston Celtics at 17 to 1, then the Toronto Raptors at 22 to 1, then your Denver McNuggets 25 to 1, and then your Philadelphia can't hit the 3.76ers at 28 to 1, and then you have your Miami Heat at thirty to one, and the worst team, Ernest, of all that they think is least likely to win Charlotte it all, Hornets. <laughs> it's tied for three. San Antonio, yeah, Sacramento, Hornets. Sorry, in it, they're not. Yeah, they're, they just picked by one, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I'd have to say Spurs because Aldridge is out, so they've lost their best. That's twenty-five points a game they've lost. Demar Rosen is about all they've got. Right. It's I've watched. Seven games, seven eight games so far, and it, it's, it's yeah they call them scrimmage. scrimmages. They're ten minute periods, and the, the first thing y'all know this because I texted to everybody. LeBron came out and had like these great sideburns, and a bald spot is bigger than mine. And I'm like, good gracious, did he? He must have been in, he must have been sequestered for the last five months because it was obvious. But the Lakers, I, I've seen the Lakers play twice. They look like they're ready. They're they're primed. There's an, you you know, it's it's if you've seen the games, it's like played in a TV studio with these giant video screens. So 
you've got to motivate yourself. Fans aren't there to cheer you on and you draw from the crowd. And the Lakers are primed. The Bucks are primed. The Clippers have some problems. They've had three guys going to quarantine. One of them, Lou Williams, slipped off to a strip club. So he's been put in quarantine for 10 days. Oh, Normally, if you go out of the bubble, you're quarantined for three days and they, re- they test you. That's what they're going to do with Zion Williamson, who came back today. He'll be tested for three days. And if he gets two negatives, then he can return to action on Thursday, which is the first day that the live games are playing. But, uh, I mean, and they've had other guys slip off and get food. I mean, they're just individuals who just don't take this seriously in that respect. And and the Clippers have had guys who've strayed off, and, and I kind of wonder about what their mindset is. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the Claw Leonard and, and, and George are going to get them motivated and going. But I do like the Lakers, and I do like the Bucks. Uh, if I was a betting man, I'm, I'm not. If you want to take a long shot, uh, what did you say the Heat was, Paul? Thirty to one. I'd, I'd put a little money on the Heat. Yeah, uh, they look good too. I mean, Butler has driven that team. Uh, I do like. I saw the Nuggets come out with a seven foot point guard and a seven foot two. Uh, small forward. Uh, Djokovic was playing point guard. Bol Bol was playing small forward. And they had Miles Plumley playing center. So they had three seven-footers in their lineup, and they were passing the ball marvelously. I mean, it was, it was fascinating to watch. Mm-hmm. I think Houston's overrated. I, I just don't – they tend to collapse in the playoffs, and I, I tend to think that'll happen again. They're a regular season. Houston Rockets are the Oakland A's of the NBA. They have a great regular season record, but just cannot do anything in the playoffs. Playoffs. You said yeah. the Clippers were struggling? Yeah, I, I, there seems to be some – these guys just don't seem to be taking it seriously. So I, I'm kind of worried about – but now I see something, you know, and this probably is LeBron's last hurrah because Anthony Davis is going to be a free agent. I mean, yeah. they can offer him a lot more money than anybody else. But now they've taken on two head cases. They've got uh, J.R. Smith, who may or may not know what the score is when he's playing. And uh, the, the guy from Miami who's played at Syracuse, who, who shoots with no abandon, who had a breakdown on an airplane because he was doing weed. So the, 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 there's okay. some there's some strange cases on the table. No, no, no. Carmelo uh, the guy now? used to be a Miami shooting guard. I cannot remember his name with the Lakers. But, no, her- Carmelo's lost about, like, 40 pounds. I mean, uh, I Carmelo looks good. I mean, uh, the Pist- the Trailblazers are another team that I would really, really be considering. Do- Dion Waiters. That's Dion Waiters. Dion was uh, cut by the heat because he was eating uh, weed cookies on an airplane and had a nervous breakdown. But hmm. you know, the only thing that the Lakers worries me is the point guards are all out. Uh, Ray John Rondo is out for surgery, won't be back for at least three weeks. So they're going to be starting probably Alex Caruso is his point guard, but LeBron's their point guard. I mean, he brings the ball up. Mm-hmm. And so, and they had one of their other point guards who elected to stay out. So Quinn Cook used to be a dude. Avery Bradley was the second string. And because of COVID, he's elected not to participate. So, but again, LeBron, LeBron's gonna, 
he's going to bring the ball up. They don't need a traditional point guard. NBA does not need a traditional point guard. No. And do you think that it's a small gesture from Kawhi Leonard to uh, who was Dwight Howard of the new shoes? You know, is he, you know, Kawhi Leonard, I heard he's kind of been struggling starting out, right? And you think he could be making strokes, especially if um, LeBron is could be going out the door. He's on his last leg, like you mentioned, Ernest, could make making, uh, going to L.A. Clippers or L.A. Lakers, you know? You well, think that's a possibility? He can opt out after two years. George yeah. has the same thing under his contract. And, again, you're going to see the NBA salary cap is, is going to go down. The NHL, when they signed their agreement for this uh, playoff series, they decided that they build in a, a solid salary cap for the next five years. It won't go up, but at least they know what's going to be. NBA is losing so much revenue that their cap's going to go down. We, we talked about that in last week's podcast. The, the NBA players are going to look at some, there are going to be some salary cuts pretty soon. Yeah. Unless you expand, that's always how a league brings in new revenue. Expand, expand the teams, you know, yeah. expands yeah. out the field a little bit. But you yeah, bring, yeah, because you can, you can like, okay, like the new Seattle franchise in the NHL, they paid $1.5 billion. So that revenue goes straight to the other play, other teams. Yeah. So that's the easiest way to get new revenues. Baseball is talking about it also with the losses they're looking at. Uh, the commissioner, uh, Manfred, has already talked about adding two more teams in the next five years when they sign their next agreement. Yeah. But you brought it up, Ernest, uh, as we kind of close out these next few minutes here of some people sitting out in the NBA, MLB, holding out the next season for, for – various reasons and as we transition this i wanted to kind of get your both of your perspectives on who would you give the game ball to this week you know we've had nba mlb back and you know the nfl starting up but um i'd like to start it out then i'll pass it to paul as we uh give our closing comments and our closing topic here but I, i'd give the game ball to the not even step foot on the field yet but uh ernest you alluded to it earlier but i'd like to give a game ball to the gentleman uh, that you uh, the right guard for the Chiefs, you know, he's um, he just decided to opt out of this season. Laurent Duverone Tardif, uh, and uh, like you said, he's a doctor at a long-term care facility, as what I've heard, and he decided to opt out. I heard a great uh, and watched a great story on him last night on the news, and uh, the way he's been responding and providing support to COVID-19 up there in Canada. But uh, he just in his heart and his convictions, he decided that he just could not um, risk um, what was going on, playing on the field and uh, spreading COVID and, and maintaining his integrity. And there's a battle off the field pretty much as he alluded to that he needs to be fighting for rather than uh, trying to, to play on the field. And I just wonder um, how that may impact the season uh, with the chiefs, you know, the right guard, that's, that's the good strong side, right. For, a quarterback sometimes left guard is too but that's who i'd like to give this week's game ball to as uh mr tardiff and and paul do you have any game balls or or towels to give into to people i do man i have to and i agree with that's a great one um my game ball goes to terrell owens at age 46 he ran with tyree hill who was known as the fastest player in the nfl or almost the fast player and they had a workout where they um, were trying to raise some money, and YouTube paid them some money. But anyways, they did a 100-yard race. Owens had a 10-yard head start. It's a video. You can see it everywhere. And uh, Hill couldn't catch him. Now, they've slowed down the video. 
because some people said, oh, Owens ran a 4.6 and what, yada, yada. But when they slowed down the video on editing software, Hill ran a 14.46. He probably didn't go full out, but Owens ran a 4.9. So for an old guy, that's pretty good. I think Terrell Owens, he's not in the NFL anymore because he's old and he was a headache, not because he couldn't run fast. But my terrible towel goes to <laughs> Mike Tyson. Come on, man. Yeah. At 54, you're saying, hey, I'm coming back. But it's all ruse. It this is all just a promotion to promote his new 10-part docuseries. And so he's going to get in the uh, ring with Roy Jones Jr., who's got to be close to 45 himself or older. And they're, it's going to be a pay-per-view. So talk about a money grab. It's just a plain money grab. But who else, though, could do this besides Tyson? Tyson grabs our imagination. He, the way he talks, the tattoos he has, not only in his face, the life he's lived, it's just pure drama. So I'm, I don't know if the terrible towel should go to Tyson for, or for anyone who's going to Probably pay both. To I would say both. Fight. I'm glad you brought that up, Paul. I forgot about seeing that this week. But, but it, it's going to draw people. People will, people will watch. People will come. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it fascinating yeah, like Ernest. someone like Larry Holmes, who was a classy champion, for twice as long as Mike Tyson never gets. Mm-hmm. I mean, Larry Holmes, that's just it. Larry who? I mean, I mean, I know but he was I classy. Know that nobody he was knows him. Never the type that promoted himself, never, never got in trouble, never went to prison. Uh, and, and again, he just. He followed Ali. That's though, it. And then after All right, Ali, my game ball goes to prepare. this is going to be a big surprise to you. <laughs> Roy Williams. Uh, huh. Little background. Uh, Roy Williams. Uh, this Roy just who? came to light this week because one of the recipients of it spoke to uh, the media. But back in March, when all the spring sports were canceled, Roy Williams donated $600,000 to pay for the scholarships of all the UNC's spring athletes for this year and next year. And you know the NCAA offered another year of eligibility to each one of the players whose sports were canceled during the COVID crisis, but they didn't give any money to the schools to pay for those scholarships. And actually that really comes to the auspices of the conference. The NCAA is a toothless group of old men who just suck money out of the backs of hardworking young people playing sports everywhere. Sorry for that editorial comment. No, Roy put up the money for the next two years for all the spring uh, athletes for UNC. And this was done March with no publicity. And one of the athletes gave credit to it. And, and again, he, he is a gentleman that uh, I am proud that represents UNC, not just as a coach, but as an individual. And he is always mm-hmm. supportive of the athletes at Carolina. And, and again, I'm highly prejudiced. I'm his biggest defender in the world but I think he's a better man than he is a basketball coach. And that says quite a bit. Yeah. You got a terrible towel to give out this week? Terrible towel. Yes, I do. Tom Dundon. Tom Dundon is the owner of my Carolina hurricanes, which is about to go in the playoffs against the uh, best three out of five against the New York Rangers on August the 1st. And Dundon has been very good about paying the players. He has gone out and sucked talent and everything is a new owner. He seeked out the talent, but he has treated the media hard. Two years ago, he fired Chuck Caton, who was a radio broadcaster for the last 35 years, going back to when they were the Hartford Whalers. Don't feel bad. He is hooked up with the Seattle Kraken. He will be their new announcer. 
But John Forslund, who is the number two man in NBC, has been the Hurricanes, pretty much the image of the Hurricanes ever since they came to North Carolina in 1998. And he is classy, has done a great job. Well, uh, Dundon uh, lowballed him, was contracted July 1st. And it looks like we're going to be missing the guy who's been the voice of the Hurricanes for as long as the Hurricanes have been in existence. But don't feel too bad because I'm pretty sure when Doc Emmerich leaves the national broadcast on NBC, John Forslund most likely will be the national uh, broadcaster. So we're going to be missing him. He is a classy announcer. But again, uh, they basically took the radio announcer off. And now on radio, they just play the TV broadcast, which is so much different. Hockey on, ra on radio is different than hockey on TV. Mm -hmm. And it suffers when you listen on radio. But, you know, exactly. he's penny wise and penny foolish. Uh, again, he pays for the players. He has no problem with doing that. But I think the corners he cuts, other aspects of the team, leaves a bad taste on a lot of people. And he's from Dallas. He's not local. So that, that kind of, we did sign a new contract that the uh, Hurricanes will be in Raleigh at least till 2035. So we don't have to worry about them leaving. But I, I hate to see John Forsen leave. But you had to get hockey in, didn't you, Ernest? Yes, yes. Hurricanes and Rangers. Hockey starts. August 1st, all the games on NBC and NBC Sports. Uh, if you think I had a hard enough time watching baseball and basketball at the same time, I need to get a stock of new batteries for my remote. That's for sure. Yeah. Hey, I, I watch hockey on my phone and watch baseball on the big screen. And the picture in picture, I watch basketball. Got all the corners, uh, everything covered there, boys. That's awesome. Well, we've come to another end of our uh, podcast, and we, we appreciate uh, you you paul and Ernest, and uh as it relates to uh the boxer we just mentioned gosh i just leave him a name mike tyson mike tyson he must have heard the quote from muhammad ali he who is not courageous enough to take risks will accomplish nothing in life and uh he's kind of taking risks there with his age in boxing but hey it'll be entertaining <laughs> i watch the highlights on espn i'm not paying for it but nonetheless that's my encouragement for you as we close out this podcast you, you, know, you know why he's fighting, don't you? It's because they're not making Hangover 4. Oh, gosh. Yeah, people will be need to drink and enjoy this game or this matchup between them two. But nonetheless, be courageous, take risks, and accomplish something great in your life. And for Paul Arnold, Ernest Watts, this is Travis, and we will hear you next time. Thank you for tuning in.